Destroy! 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 Company! Destroy! 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 Company! Destroy! Destroy! Company! Destroy! Destroy! Company! Destroy! 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 Company! Hello, cats and kittens. That's my that's my fan base. I'm gonna looking over to the guest right now. Cats and kittens, listen to this. My dogs. No, no, no. Just cats and kittens. Just, cat. just cats and kittens. They listen to this show. That's why I opened up the show saying, hello, cats and kittens. Do they download it themselves, or does someone download it for them? Well, it's one of those things where um. Their owner downloads it and leaves it on just so it seems like there's someone still in the house. Yeah, but also someone slightly worse than their owner. So that yes. they're happy to see their owner when they come home. Exactly. You're on the ball. You're on the ball. Yeah, you don't want to do a podcast that's like too engaging because no. the cats would be like angry when you're no longer on and it's just like the regular owner is around the house. Not as fun, not as engaging. No, no, not at all. Not at all. So that's why they put on Ross Purdy Destroys Comedy. Boom. That's how you say the title of the show at top. Yeah, that was a great little uh, skit to get to the title. Yes. I appreciated it. Thank you. I don't know how the cats and kittens feel. Well, they can just just live with it. Is it like a kind of cats and kittens show where it's like, you know, movies that are family movies, but you've got to have like a few jokes for the adults in it? Is it like mainly for kittens, but there's like some cat appropriate content too? Uh, yeah, I would say so. So I would say it's like 90% kittens, maybe 10% cats. Yeah, cool. I mean, I think that's a great... And the kittens, obviously, they're the ones who are most needy. Yes. Like, they need the podcast more than adult cats. Like, adult cats are pretty fine by themselves. Right, yeah, you got it. You got it. You've nailed this podcast. It's a great market. Are you the first person to do this? (sighs) I want to say yes. But I'm sure Joe Rogan... I was going to say, are you the Joe Rogan of cat and kitten podcasts? Like, hey guys, you ever tried catnip? Talk about that for quite a while, every episode. Well, I just say cat DMT. Cat DMT. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. I was, I'd call it C-DMT because like... And then there's like D-M-T is for dogs, obviously. The, the D stands for dogs. Okay, now this is just getting <laughs> silly. Okay, I'm this sorry. isn't I'm... a silly show. No, no, it's for cats and cats and kittens. It's playful, but it's never silly. No, definitely not. Definitely not. That's the voice of Angus Gordon, everybody. Hello, thank you for having me on Cats and Kittens. Okay, you can't say cats and kittens. I say cats and kittens. I didn't understand the rules. I I don't want to transgress. I'm very sorry. What yeah. what do I say? You just say hi there. How you doing? Hi there. How you doing? Yeah, and more ocker, more ocker. Okay. No, that wasn't going to be Ocker. Um, hi there, how you doing? There you go. And now you got the Bergen cats in. Oh yeah, there's plenty of them out in the burbs. Yep, like, out in the burbs. How do, what, what about the feral cats? How do they listen to the podcast? Uh, they don't. They don't listen? No, this is an elitist podcast. We don't cater to uh, feral cats. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. Do you talk about them ever? Or no, we just, just ignore, pretend it doesn't happen? Well, it's sort of like... How to lower middle class are treated by the ABC. We just pretend they don't exist. Okay. But would you ever make a sitcom where, like, uh, 
it turns out that um, a really privileged cat that lives in a nice house is actually from a lower middle class, like feral cat family. There might be something in that. I think there's something in that, Angus. Yeah, I think we should work on it. And you have an in at the ABC, right? I know where the door is, definitely. Definitely. So you can get in the door because you know where the door is. I know where it is, yeah. Like, they try and turn me away, but I've gotten in a few times. There you go. So, Angus Gordon, comedian extraordinaire, titan. Yeah. 2015 raw comedy king. Yeah, I'm... For, I'm forever the king of 2015 raw comedy. You sure are. Yeah, every year I got to get I get some wheat. Uh, 2015 wheat deli- It's it's not good anymore. It's like quite rotten, um, but they still you know I still get some. That's good. Let's do a little flashback right now before we go do a deep dive interview. I wanna I wanna like VCR backtrack back. To 2015. Rewind. Raw, raw rewind. Yeah. I'm being kind. I'm going to rewind. Yeah. With Jack Black. With Jack Black. And I want to just now just take a moment. I have some audio of your raw set. Oh, no. So well, I think it would probably be too funny for the cats and kittens. I think it's funny enough. Okay. But not too funny. Nah, it's hilarious. All right. Well, let's listen. And now, welcome to the stage, a man who at 22 is a once-aspiring cricketer and Marxist revolutionary. He's from Queensland. He's Angus Gordon. I was in the club, man. I, I stopped. I ain't dancing a lot because I just had a fight recently, and I said I ain't dancing. I went to clubs. You get in the lot. People get drunk, go to clubs and stuff, fight. I had a fight with an Italian dude. Right after around time, Rocky came out. Italian, white people, period. Y'all go crazy after y'all see a Rocky movie because y'all believe that shit. Because the movies are so emotional and so real. You sit there and go like, hey, this is real. And Stallone, this is great yo, stuff. You just came in here. Italian, you started talking Italian about a film from the they 70s. The movie theater, they'd be like, Italians are funny people because they act like they're the real bit. funny. <laughs> they do. They hold their dick more than us to be standing around. Like, Get the fuck out of here. By us, I mean uh, Anglo-Australians. Okay, good, good. <laughs> yeah. I was a bit uncomfortable right there here, for a right? second. Yeah. What? Hey, fuck you, all right? Everything is a question, too. Hey, what am I, an asshole? What am I, a fucking jerk? Get the fuck out of here. It's right here, all right? Okay, so you went up on stage and you immediately started doing what I think some people might think is an offensive uh, oppression of Italians. Yeah. Um, first of all, like, so how generous was that applause at the beginning? They were into it, man. Yeah, That's why very, you're the king. Very generous applause. I was really focused on that. I was like, fucking hell. That's pretty good. Imagine, that's a lot of applause. And you hadn't were living... Even, you, hadn't even done anything yet. <laughs> you were living in the moment, man. You don't even remember what happened then. Nah. Is it like a drug trip for you going up on stage? Yeah, it's like a CDMT for me. Ah... And that's what we were talking about at the start. Earlier. We, yeah. and, then I, and then you said drug trip, and I thought CDMT. Because I'm trying to take focus away from my anti-Italian accent that I did. You know what I mean? It's a very controversial piece, so, um, you know, it's a bit embarrassing to talk about. Okay, but I'm sure as it goes on, you actually become more enlightened. Hopefully. Let's have a listen. 
After they see Rocky, they come out the theater charge. They be like, all right, Rocco! All right, Sly! Okay, I hadn't listened to this clip beforehand. I just took it. I was hoping maybe you started off offensive. I thought that was like, you were rising the tension, and then eventually you're going to deflate it and thus comedy. But no, you just did a worse offensive Italian accent. I keep going, like it. Okay, okay, yeah, keep sure. Keep going. Wait, wait till the end before you judge the piece as a whole. Okay, okay. Um, that's the problem these days. We jump too quickly to react. You're taking the bit out of context at okay. the moment. Line by line, sure, it <laughs> seems offensive, but wait till the end. Hey! Hooray, Rocco! Rocco! Hmm. Hmm. people stand on line and shit. Hey, Faisan, you going in to see Rocky right now? Yeah. Great fucking move. I don't appreciate the swears. Straight. It's a slice of the streets. You don't like this way. He comes out, Sly comes out, he breaks his big fucking nigga's face. He busts his fucking Whoa, head. okay. Fucking moon and y'all laying on the floor, fucked up. Okay. This fucking great. I fucking love it, man. All right, rock up. Hey, you know something? At the end of this picture now, just between you and I, I don't want to ruin the surprise, but Sly wins this one again. Okay, I stopped it there because what it looks like is the audience isn't going to win again. The audience isn't going to I think they're... Can you hear the, the... They're really going for it. They are, but also... You say the audience isn't winning again. They are winning. They are loving this Well, bit. those are dumb, dumb, dumb audiences. you got to uh, play the sh- audience in front of you. No. You don't, you don't get to pick the audience. No. You, you, have, you have to play... Higher up any audience, you can't play to like, them. No, you... you're better than them. <laughs> you're smarter than them. It's your job to enlighten them. I wish that was the case, but it turns out what they love is um, impressions of Italians from the 1970s after they'd seen a Rocky film. All right, I'll give this one more chance. I'll try playing it. This to is the... a great. This is an all-time great bit. Uh... Do you still do the bit? Do you still do the bit? I don't still do the bit because it's just, you know, people um, go word for word along with And at the same time, they shout, isn't this an Eddie Murphy bit? A lot of people have cottoned on that it's very similar to an Eddie Murphy bit when I do it now. Ah, but isn't it just a case of just overlapping thoughts, you know? It's it's 100% like the idea was out there and we both came to it independently. Yes, yes. But now it's like people think it's too much Eddie Murphy. So even though I came up with it, Myself. Everyone's just like, this is an Eddie Murphy bit, dude. What are you doing? Well, Eddie Murphy was inspired by you. I wish. I hope so. I mean, I feel like more people should be, but he's more, he's still slightly more popular comedian. You know, Shum, you know what I like about Stallone's movies? The realism, you know? Because, you know, that's the way you got to fucking treat those fucking moolies. They think that they can fucking push you around. There's your big hot shot. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, okay. You're right, the crowd's going wild. Like goes in and the moolies are beating him and he fucking, he don't fucking go down. He's not fucking going down. He comes in, he cracks the fucking moolies hole like this. He falls on the ground. He's saying that word a lot. You can really do that. (laughs) You can really fucking do that. I'm not going to repeat it because... I don't even know what it means. I'm pretty sure it's a racial slur, so I'm not going to repeat it. Yeah. But we all know what word I'm talking about. I'm 5'2". 5'2 is a racial slur. But I'm Italian, watch this. You watch this, all right? and act out at the moment. Okay, yeah. Just wait if there's... Hey, excuse me, brother. 
Yeah, let me have a box of juicy fruits and uh, let me have some bonbons. I think I'd have some bonbons there. And, uh, Yo, bonbons, some, man? Uh, junior mints. I don't, and, uh, I don't know what any of these words are. Uh, I just thought and, uh, of the funniest sounds that I could come up with. It. And uh, it turned out pretty well. And that is comedy, isn't it? Yeah. You think of the funniest sounds. I don't know literally what any of these words I'm saying mean. It's, it's literally just nonsense strung together. You know what I and said, then weirdly came out to be almost exactly the same candy. as an Eddie Murphy bit about going to the movies. Well, okay, now all the, all the threads are coming ass. together. All the threads are coming together. <laughs> yeah. This is just like a pure oh, absurdist right, bit. Dude. I'm just making sounds with my mouth. So all the racial slurs. You just, you just, you just bounce, You just accidentally got onto some uh, sounds. Too, but I'm I was just saying sounds. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. So why don't you just go hop in your Iraq Z28 and take your ass home? Like when jazz guys are going like boopity boop pop pop. Right. I was just doing that. I was just saying sounds and I'll this whole bit came out. I'll kick your fucking ass. Didn't they hear that Rocky music? Hour later. Woo 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 woo. He's not gonna make it. The big nigger named Abdullah's hand wrapped around his throat. <laughs> and a box of juicy fruits rammed up his ass. He's not gonna make it. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. And that's it. That's the bit. That's the bit. That's what won you the old D. That got me the raw. That won you raw? Yeah. Is that the one where I was wearing the um skin tight red uh suit? Yeah, the that like leather. The leather. The leather. You're coming up on stage. And it's like the zip is kind of down to my navel. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great night. Wish I had that body again. <laughs> Pull off the uh, leather suit down to the navel. Well, it was 2015, it's and 20. you know, trends and fashions change. Yeah, but not many other people were wearing that then. I think it was bold, definitely innovative, to come out dressed exactly like Eddie Murphy and Raw. But independently of him. Independently of him, he was probably inspired by you, even Some, though he's yeah. been, even though he's been doing comedy for like much, much longer. Yeah, I don't know how space and time works, but I'm sure it, he must be. Well, I don't think you stop being inspired, you know? No. You could start something and 20 years later, you know, you could be like fully carved out, fully um, crystallized in people's minds, and you get inspired by something else. And who, that changes your direction. Who do you think you've inspired? Oh, man. I think I've inspired um, local vagrants. To do what? Uh, spray paint. To spray paint? To spray paint on train stations. Before that, they just thought, I'm going to sit here silently. Well, before that, before that, they sniffed it. They huffed the spray paint. Okay, so you've inspired them. Yeah. They had the paint. Yeah. To be creative with it. Yeah, I'm just saying, hey, stop sniffing that. You can, like, make some good art out of that. Yeah. So and Have you inspired anyone with glue to not sniff and start gluing? Well, like I doing said... Doing a collage? Well... I went up to some uh, glue glue places that sold some glue, and I said, why are you getting all this glue? There's some perfectly good horses from the horse race. You can sniff that horse before it becomes glue. Get that horse high. Yeah, sure. You ever gotten high off a horse? No, I can't say that I have, but maybe I haven't sniffed hard enough. You haven't sniffed hard enough, my man. Yeah, like a... A real big, just really. Oh, do you have get to that in there. Do you have to sniff the like the hoof as well, or is it any part of the horse can give you the horse high? I think you should aim for the mane. The mane. The mane. Aim for the mane. That's where you get the greatest high. But I think any part of the horse is good. Okay. I'm just saying the greatest part, the greatest high, is from the mane. Sure. 
Okay, so now you're wondering, what? where's this interview going? Uh, can I ask something? Sure. I heard a story about you at, at Raw. Uh, but I came up on stage and I saw some vagrants with spray paint. Yeah, well, that was the set. That was great. They were huffing it and I said, hey, you should make some art out of that. Yeah, I mean, it inspired a lot of people that day. Yes, thank you. Um, But that you, like, like, you didn't die on stage like you did badly, but you pretended to die like you dropped to the ground like you were dead and refused to move. And then Rose Callahan had to step over you. Like, well, during her set, because you were just like lying there. Well, is that true? Isn't that just a great metaphor for my own sort of uh, career in comedy? I'm just lying down flat, not going anywhere, and Rose Callahan steps over me. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, that's that's real funny, man. I'm I'm. Sh- to be, uh, if I could change the result, I feel like you should be, should have been the winner. Well, I was in my Andy Kaufman phase. I'm like, I'm gonna freaking mess with their minds, man. They won't know what's gonna happen, man. And I got my bongos out, started playing bongos. Yeah, that's sick. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Do you still do stuff like that? I, I think mean, if when comedy comes back. Well, I play the bongos still, but I don't lie on stage pretending to be dead. Yeah, I mean, but you, would you do something similar? Well, I do get a doctor to induce a coma. That is similar, yeah. It's similar. I, it's, it it's more extreme. It's, a, it's the next level. You it's know. the next level. I'm not pretending but, to be dead or in a coma. I'm actually in a coma, a yeah. medically induced coma. And do you think, like, as you keep getting better at comedy, like, you will kill yourself on stage? And oh, yeah. just be dead on stage and then have people wheel, like, your embalmed corpse from gig to gig and just prop it up for, like five to seven minutes at a time and then yes. play tracks over the top, like play bongo music over the top. Like... Yeah, bongo music. I just recorded a whole bunch of me doing my old bits. Your own Eddie Murphy, independently, your own Eddie Murphy material that you do. Yeah. Yeah, sick, man. That probably the greatest comedian of all time. Yeah. And I'll get to experience the notoriety, the sort of infamy because... You know, some people say, like, oh, this person won't be appreciated till he's dead. Yeah, but you re- truly... I'll be dead. And appreciate I'll be appreciated. I'll still pref- perform, air quotes, I guess. I will be performing, but I'm dead, and I will be appreciated. And I guess in some sort of subconscious way, I'll feel that. Yeah. It'd be really funny if, um, like, you, they, whoever, like your handler, the executor of your will, I guess, like, is taking your embalmed like it's like the backstage where the comics are hanging out before the gig and someone's like are you nervous and they've got like a little recorder being like real nervous i think i could die out there stuff like that those little jokes that you're constantly doing yeah i've got some uh small uh comedian small talk recorded too yeah just record heaps and hours of small talk and files and little backstage gags and then at a certain point people can't and like have maybe ai programming to sort of record like just go through all your speech patterns now and then you could have like almost infinite conversation with people, you're, like your corpse can, to the point that some people stop forgetting that you're dead. Like they're so used to talking to you, interacting with you, that they, they start, a rumor starts going around that you're actually alive and faking it, that you never really died and that Ross Purdy's like a big, you know, fraud, essentially. And then, then it's revealed like someone's like, he's not, they go up and they shake you and it, it is your corpse. And then my head falls off. And your head falls off. Because it's been so long, I've started decomposing a bit. Yeah, and the embalmer did not do a good job. No, like, no. I'm cheap as hell, man. I'm not yeah. going to pay for a good embalming. It was their first like their first job. 
And then, yeah, I think that's probably the high point. That's the high point of comedy. Everyone laughs and realizes the king that you were. See, that is my plan for 2021. I think you just stumbled onto that. Um, yeah, I'm, it's another one of those convergent sort of independent yeah. sort of lines of thought. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think Eddie Murphy's been doing that for the past 20 years. Yeah. I think that's why. I don't know. I, well, I had an idea once that when, you know, that I want to lose some weight. And so I thought, what if I had some serum <laughs> and then I could just take that? But my serum didn't, like his serum worked, right? And made him into like a hot guy, but it was yeah. obnoxious. My serum just made me violently ill, which did lo- I did lose some weight, but it was, you know, mainly water. Put it, put it straight back on. And think about that for a moment. Being violently ill is as a road to a healthy weight. You thought about that? Yeah, I mean, you can, you can definitely. If you, if you keep being, if I kept taking the serum, keeps the weight off. You're not, yes, you're not yes. absorbing a lot of food when you're being violently ill. Yes, yes. Yeah, I liked Eddie Murphy's discipline to keep taking the serum because, like in him, his the serum wears off as well initially. Yes, and it becomes just kind of this overweight. Yeah. Uh, nerd, just dorky nerd. Dorky, nerd. but he's got great um, that like mobility, even when he was like a big guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's almost like he's just wearing a suit. It's almost like he's an incredibly fit man wearing a suit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Just a... But uh, he actually put on the weight for the role and lost it. Like like uh, um, De Niro in um, Raging Bull. Hmm, speaking of Raging Bulls, have you ever thought this about beauty? That tans are considered attractive? But that's just skin damage, right? You're kind of damaging your skin. So what's the next level of that? A giant anaphomorphic melanoma? I guess it depends on like the where it is. Like some people consider like one, like a mole, a beauty spot. Ah, but I'm talking like they're not a person anymore. They've just become a big they're, the giant. The whole thing is a melanoma. Melanoma, yes. Yeah, I think so. Will that be the height of sexiness? Because they have damaged their skin, like, up the ass. Are you saying that, did you have this idea because we're both quite pale? Well, I'm going to get tanned later in the week, and I just thought, well, tans are attractive. Are you getting a spray tan, or are you going to... I'm getting a real tan. You're getting a real tan? I'm getting a real tan. I'm going to tie myself to a flagpole. Like, um, <laughs> 1980s, like, uh, sex comedy style where the nerd gets tied to a flagpole naked. Yeah, but I'm going to be wearing underwear, don't worry. That's what they do in the, those films as well, because it's like too much but you know, will, for the PG-13 audience. Yeah, but it'll be see-through underwear, so, you know, people won't be... That's almost more perverse, having it mashed through. Like, a, <laughs> Yeah, that's way worse than if you were just naked. Right, yeah. So I'm just going to tie myself to a flagpole, wait mm-hmm. for like a really high UV day, and then just, just burn to a crisp. And yeah. then I'll finally be attractive. yeah. I don't th- I think so, but then you have to you, you have to wait until you develop the melanoma to be right. r- to be truly beautiful, right? Because it's attractive, and then there's like tr- like you said, true br- true beauty. Oh, definitely. true beauty, true beauty, true beauty. So is that like true blood? Yeah, I think so. It's like if you if you know vampires drink blood, and um, your blood uh, is metastasizing out of control. It's brew. Getting true broody. It's brew. Yeah, that's broody. Thank you. Yeah. 
Okay, finish this sentence. Angus, can you finish the sentence, please? What are you d doing after this? Okay, mm -hmm. what am I doing after this? Well, I'm just going to hang around, ice some flagpoles I might tie myself to. Did you say ice? Hmm? I. Just ice I them. Eye them up like you're going you're gonna to scout them. Yeah, but some people might say I have icy eyes. They're a little bit quite blue. Yeah, a little bit blue. Yeah. A little bit cold, a little yeah. bit distant. Yeah, cold, distant. You know, it's a good, it's a good thing to have when you have guests on. To have a sort of look of detachment because people, people, guests are so nervous, right? That's right. It makes me want it more. Yeah. If you were too warm, I'd be like, I don't have to perform on this podcast. Right. But that sort of like little piercing look of disdain, <laughs> like I'm fucking, I hate this prick. I'm fucking with him. That makes me try really hard. I'm doing my absolute best. If anything, you could be, you could be more cold, like really, really, really narrow the slits. Okay. Okay. Really narrow. Like, Okay, because my eyes are pretty beady as enough as it is. Yeah, like, don't want to don't want me to make me like I'm um, like oh like a guest guest like you want to make me feel like an unwelcome guest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how what would make you feel unwelcome? I'm spitting a lot. If oh. you were spitting quite, I know in Corona as well that made me feel very unwelcome. Right. Okay. Well, I'm or not if gonna... you offered me like a glass of water and then you deliberately like knocked it over, <laughs> and then then said drink it. Drink it, drink it like a little cat and kid and like lick it up, lick at that puddle. Like, and then you sort of were very insistent about it. I wouldn't feel that welcome. <laughs> Just put a leash on you? Yeah, like I was trying to fight you off. I didn't want the leash at all. Hey, but you kept going at me with the leash and like sort of trying to like use the um, metal bit at the end to like hit my eye. Again, not the most welcoming gesture. Hmm, this is good. The whip is not a welcoming gesture. Okay, okay. A then. wave, very welcoming. A whip, not welcoming at all. Okay, this is good. This is good because I like to think of a show as less of an interview show and more of an interrogation. Yeah, well, waterboarding, that that wouldn't make me feel very welcome. I like to think I waterboard my guests with inane questions. Do you think, you know how like if you like torture someone, you waterboard them and you like, you ask for information until they stop? Yeah. Do you think if you got, like, if you waterboarded me and said, say something funny until, or I won't, do you reckon that would make it easier or harder for me to say something funny? I feel like we could try, but I don't have any water on me. Yeah, well, and it's, you know, we don't want to muck up yeah, the studio. I, I reckon harder. Mm, I'm going to really? go harder. I, don't, I think I wouldn't perform well under the pressure of being waterboarded. Really? Okay. Yeah. Do you think you'd do a good job? Oh, Definitely. Definitely. I thrive under pressure. Yeah. That's one of your shows, though. It was called uh, uh, Ross P P Purdy Gets Waterboarded for an Hour. Yeah, I actually got some real, uh, you know, official soldiers that were working Guantanamo. Straight, straight from the base. Straight from the bay, and I had them waterboard me. Yeah. How did it go? Was it well received? Oh, man. Well... Did Helps. you use official Cuban water for the waterboarding? Yeah, or just official like, Cuban water. Do you think they use the water Cuban water or they ship in American water to waterboard the detainees? They definitely use Cuban water. They use the Cuban they water. They put ashes off Cuban cigars into it to make it worse. Yeah, that is worse because even if you're like, because you're not actually drowning, right, from yeah. waterboarding, but you are maybe getting like a bit of the carcinogens in you. 
like on your skin, the yeah. ash from the cigarette. Well, Harold's son loved it. Yeah, well, they love that kind of stuff. Yeah, they gave me five stars. Yeah. The eight was a bit more. One mm. for each time you screamed. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then they ran out of stars because I, I screamed like six times, man. That's great. That's very impressive yeah. considering how long you were waterboarded for. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But not, age, not only funny, yeah. but brave. Yeah, it's very... It's so the first comedy show that can be described as actually brave. Thank you. Yeah. You know, you have some people out Physically there. brave, not just like you're putting yourself out there emotionally. No, I'm not, I am hiding. I'm hiding emotionally. No, you've trained yourself to never reveal any truth, even under torture. Right, yes. Yeah. Yeah, because emotions... Emotions are death in comedy anchors. Yeah? Emotions are death. That's, yeah, that, I know, we've established, like, very cold, beady. That's cold, what we're... <laughs> cold, beady, distant. Distant, yeah. Treat you like a, a cat trying to force a leash on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it's not even, you're not even angry doing that. No, no. You're not showing any emotion. You're just, just cold, just aloof, but still whipping me yeah. in the eye. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say, come on, look at me. Look at me in the eye. But I won't look at you in the eye. Yeah, so it's, it's, like, con- it's confusing. I'm really freaked out by that. Yeah. And then you just go, you're like, I, whenever I get upset, you're like, dude, this is just the show. What's wrong? I do this. To, you asked to be on this. What do you? <laughs> but you also, when you're saying that, you're just looking away. And I'm trying to, like, I'm sort of, like, dodging my head around. I'm moving desperately. Try, I'm desperate for eye contact at the moment because I feel like I'm not really a human anymore. But I'm being very funny on the mic just to try and, like, win your affection. You pretty much just described every single episode of your show. It's my favorite podcast. Yeah, me just torturing people. Comedians who are honestly doing much better than me. Yeah, but uh, I mean, well, they don't have this show. No. Apart, like, you know, they don't have, they're not destroying comedy. No, they're not. Yeah. Are we destroying comedy right now? Is this, what is this? We're getting close. We're waterboarding it. Right, yes. So, like, at the end, comedy won't look like comedy's being damaged. Like international observers, they won't be able to tell that comedy's in any, but psychologically, comedy will probably never recover. Hmm, and isn't that the truth? Yeah. That's really what I want. I don't want to literally destroy comedy. I just want to destroy it emotionally. Yeah, as you said, because too, at the moment, there's too much emotion in comedy. Yes. In a way that's like these uh, sort of false, emo- like that, you know, that sort of confessions that, mate, you didn't really, that didn't happen to you. It's not true. We're just sort of warding boarding that all the way, flushing it down the toilet. I'm nodding in agreement right now. Yeah. If this it, was like a if this was like an open mic poetry night, I would start clicking. I would start clicking in agreement. I think the audience is clicking along with you. Yeah, thank you. And they're cats too, so that's hard for them to click. It was the first time they've done it, but they they learned that their paw became opposable for that moment. Just the like the the physical structure of it changed. Like a Lamarckian sort of form of evolution. You know what I mean? Well, Darwin was wrong. You actually, if you want to click, you can click. Do you think Darwin, the, uh, the place in Australia, is named after Charles Darwin? Yeah. I wow. think it's why he would have wanted to live. Yes. There's like, what's his, this sort of man from like very pleasant rural England? Can we, what would be the best place for him to live? And they thought Northern Territory. He would love it. Love it up there. Hmm. Well, we're going to clamp down right now. On what? We're going to clamp... We're going to up, up the intensity 
Oh no. We're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna ask you some questions, and just really deep dive and probe into what goes on in that brain of yours. Not a lot. It's been stripped for parts. Okay, well, we'll get into like that. Like copper wiring. Do you know what I mean? You know, like an abandoned building. The guys go in and they take out all the copper wiring. I feel like someone's taken like all my synapses. They're just like, just taking them out like a big, big wire. I don't know what they're using them for. Maybe like um, the tendons for sort of like, you know, bowstring. Something like that, maybe. Is that how you dream? Yeah. Okay. I imagine that I'm a, the string of a bow vibrating as I'm pulled back by Joe Rogan when he's bow hunting. Okay. And I fire arrows into elk. Into elk. I, don't, I don't mean to. It's against my will. I'm being pulled back by the force of Joe Rogan. Yeah. In help with like the, um, the pulleys on a compound bow. It's not just Joe Rogan. He's using a me- the mechanical advantage of pulleys. Joe Rogan is my enemy. He's your enemy? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to keep getting into it, but I originally named this podcast the Joe Rogan Experience. He didn't like that. And now this whole podcast is just me trying to one-up him. Yeah. And um, how does he feel about it? He barely knows I exist. But he does know. He, he knows and he knew enough to send me a cease and desist when I originally wanted a name for show. Did you really get that? Yeah, I got it. That's funny, yes. Yeah. That's so good. Um, did he, he send it or do you think he knew about it or just like his lawyers or whatever? You know what? The more I think about it, the more it could have been just, you know, his people, his yeah. representatives. Yeah. Because then maybe they've just got like a, like a Google search mm. on Joe Rogan experience and then like anything called that. His lawyer just sort of sees it, and, and that could be it. And it yeah. could have just gone in and out of there. Because I think, like, he's a comedy guy, right? Like, he would appreciate the joke of you doing that. Woody, you didn't seem like you appreciated it. Well, his people didn't, but did people. It, do you know what I mean? Did it get back to the king? Do you know what I mean? Maybe like the messengers around him—they're blocking him, blocking the truth from getting to Joe. Hmm, that could be something. Yeah, I feel like you should tweet him. Like, this is what's happened, Joe. I'm sure you had nothing to do with it. It's just your people. They don't get it. They're not comedy guys like us. We don't go to the comedy store three or four times a week. No. And you you do it in your mind, which yeah. is even more impressive. You, you have just imagined the, the store three or four times yeah. a week. It's incredible. But also, he had he had uh, Alex Jones on recently. Could you just spout off some conspiracy theories and maybe I'll get that Alex Jones? Oh, you want me to go like... yeah. Uh, cats and kittens, they're getting turned gay by the government. Oh, there you go. There we go. And I'm not going to do anything to and, uh, and then I say, I, that. I think it's a good thing. Um, that's my v- different version from Alec Jones. Was okay. Like, I think like all animals getting turned gay is real good. I'm pro-government turning everything gay. Because you don't want to be the exact same as Alex Jones. Sure, sure. Yeah. You've got to have a point of difference. Okay. So I'm going to do nothing to question that. No, no, you just sort of go like, I guess that's reasonable. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. That, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I have seen some gay dogs down at the park. I'm like, the government, they're they're training dogs to do that, and cats and kittens, all animals, in a way to like stop reproduction of animals so that all life on Earth ceases to exist. But I th- think that's good. Right, and you are very much for the extinction of uh, all every, animals, all, all species, all species. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Like when someone says save the bilbies, I'm like. No, kill everything else. Wow, okay. Yeah. Sure. That's that's just like, you know, I'm trying to help you out here. Obviously not my actual opinion. But 
like the, in Alex Jones. Uh, please, please don't say it's not your actor. Oh, sorry. I, I, like Alex Jones, I'm a true grifter who doesn't believe anything he says and is just doing a character. All right. Oh. Okay, and, sure. But now I don't. I actually don't know who I am anymore. If I'm Alex Jones or if I'm... Like, at what level am I operating now? Mm. I'm stuck between identities. Hmm. Maybe you're, like, Alangus... Alangus... Gorns. Alangus Gorns. Alangus Gorns. Yes, Alangus Gorns. Alangus Gorns. Yep. No, that makes sense. I'm back. Makes sense. So were you named after the Angus Burger? Yeah, it's a good burger. I don't eat it because it feels too much like cannibalism, but um, hmm. that's what I was named after. Yep. So your parents, they were big, like, number one fans of the Angus Burger. No, I mean, there's some bigger fans. Like, you don't want to say, you know, the number was quite, that's quite arrogant. Hmm. Like, you know, there's a lot of Anguses out there, but they were definitely fans. Okay. Number one is pushing it, man. Okay, but do you think what would happen if um, the Impossible Burger was out and then they named you Impossible? Um, yeah, I guess it would have just, my name would have been Impossible and that would have been fine. But think about this, Angus, think about this for a quick second. Mm -hmm. Impossible is just, I'm possible. It's true. Um... No, so it's, it's more a, it's, like they believe in you so much they'll give you the name I'm I'm possible Gordon. No, no it, it's impossible. Just means the the opposite of possible. It doesn't mean I'm possible. Hmm. No. It doesn't. No. But, but it would. I could definitely overcome that name. I don't think you can. Like a boy called Susan. I'd be. I would be that. You know. It'd be a great name if I was into, like, magic. I was, like, an illusionist. Right, right, Impossible right. Gordon. Everyone would be like, is that a stage name? It's like, no, the whole world is a stage. My name is actually impossible. Hmm. Now you're talking about magic? Yeah, I'm jumping all over the place. I'm just saying, man, you're getting a bit too cerebral for me. That's my problem with you, man. You're too... You're high up on another level. I'm, like, down here. I'm down. I'm small. And intellectually, you got like a big brain, man. It's, I told you, it's been stripped. I've got nothing left. No, trust me, your brain is still, even when stripped, bigger than this, this noggin I have. But it's, you might, like if they, you know, like once you're embalmed and your head falls off, and if I was also decapitated and they weighed our brains, mine might be bigger, but it's smooth to the touch. It's like, you know, like a, a, a railing that's been there for years and everyone's been touching it. It's just so smooth. Uh, Everyone's been touching your brain. A lot of people got their got their head in there. They've been massaging it. You know, they thought that would help make me smarter. You it know, didn't? like a sore. No, it's it rubbed it smooth. Not at all. Wow. I'm I'm done now. I got nothing. So you're down. You're you're down low. I'm low. I'm small. I'm a little man. A little man. Yeah. Yeah. You're like big top dog. Uh, you're big brain boy. Okay. And that's why I got you here on the show, because I want to pitch you your next festival show. All right. We'll see what I can do now that I've been rubbed smooth. Yeah. Now it's called Big Brain Boy. Big Brain Boy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What do I do in Big Brain Boy? Oh, you just do what you usually do in your shows. Okay. Cool. 
Don't don't think about like some sort of theme you have to work towards. Just write whatever you want to write. Like at the at the end, I don't have to be like, and in a way, aren't we all Big Bang boys? I don't have to say that. Well, that doesn't make much sense because there's some people who are big brain girls or big brain, you know, just non-binaries yeah. or whatever. You know, not it doesn't make sense. But it, but you know, I just meant in like we're we're all the same. We're all the same. We're all big brain. Boys. Well, we're not all the same because you know when you really think when you That's, really you no, know, you're right. That's why you're the the true big brain boy, and I'm the I'm we've reversed roles now. I'm the little man, and you're the titan. Okay, I don't believe that at all. You all right? Angus. Okay. Yep. Angus, baby. Yep. Talk to me, Angus. What would you like me to talk about? How'd you get this start? In in what? Uh, living. In living. Life. Um, cesarean. Okay. That's how I got my start. What about you? Natural birth. Natural birth. I think that's partly maybe gives you the bigger brain because you don't get squished on the way out. Right. Yeah. Uh, I had an umbilical cord. I used the umbilical cord as a microphone. I was a born performer. Uh, it took me quite a few years from I wasn't born. Yeah. You had an umbilical cord on for a few years? Yeah. I carried it around um, like a belt. Yeah. Okay. I used it as a belt. Yeah. Nature's belt, I called it. Okay, but when did you have to cut it off? If it, it fell off by itself, right? It got too rotten. It got it's black. Too rotten. It got black. And it just kind of crumbled off. Yeah, it was like um, I should have really pruned it off ages ago. It was like a, a fire risk. You know what I mean? Mm. When there's too much sort of dead leaf litter in the forest, it's a big risk for fires. Yeah, I'm sure when you're running around too, you're worried about tripping over it. I mean, I was tying it up like a belt. Right. So. so... Okay. It wasn't a huge trip risk, but if, you know, it would have been a risk in case of fire. Well, uh, you were like a little, what, toddler or something. You're probably not the best at tying. So it could have Until I was like nine, I had it. Really? Nine? Nine, yeah. Okay, now that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought of bringing this up in your your comedy? I tried it a few times and people were like, this is not relatable. Well, you know what? You know what isn't, what else isn't relatable? Like the rest of my comedy. Uh, you said it, not me. Yeah. No. Um, I was going to say most things. Most things aren't relatable. Most things aren't relatable. Do you understand? Do you understand things? Absolutely not. Do you understand life? I wish I did. I don't understand life, man. Yeah. We're just moving forwards and backwards and like just using umbilical cords as belts. Mm-hmm. Freaking cats are taking CDMT. Too much is going on. Probably. Eddie Murphy. What's your favorite Eddie Murphy bit? Is that your favorite one? Uh what? What? No. The the still like the Stallone bit. Mate, that was your bit. But it, that he also does. Yeah, but I think you do it better. Okay, thank you. You have more passion. Yeah. It kind of is just just like, it seems like he's reading off a piece of paper or something. Like he's just literally printed off your set. Yeah. And he's reading it verbatim. <laughs> but n- he's an actor. You think he can add some pizzazz into it, but no, he, he doesn't. doesn't. Oh, no. That's a shame. So, Angus. So, Ross. We're nearing the end. We're close. Did you did you think when you were like, well, you named after Angus, the, the burger? Yeah. Did you think I was going to be like, well, did your parents name you after Ross from Friends? Because they hoped you'd have friends growing up. 
Well, I was born one year before Friends came out. Oh, okay. So really, when you think about it... You inspired the Friends franchise. Yeah, I, I was a trendsetter. Yeah. So David Schwimmer, he ripped me off. He ripped me off. Is he your favorite friend or did... No, like, man, Chandler. Chandler's your favorite I'm friend. I'm all about that snarky... Yeah. Snarkiness, man. He's just... <laughs> And that prescription pill addiction, you know, it makes him bloated and he's not bloated and he's got too much of a shoe and he's got, he's too white and, you know, great, hilarious. Mm. No, I agree. He's great. He's a very, one of the better friends. Three words for you, Angus. Courtney Cox Arquette. Yep. Well, how does that make you feel? I thought she was great in Friends. Um, one of the friends who kept them together through her like love of cleaning. Um, and in her Cougar Town show, it's pretty funny as well. Right. Well, I, I, was that show, what was that show about? I think they thought at the time, I haven't seen all of it, but I think they thought it was going to be like about an older woman who sleeps with younger men. And then it very quickly, like, because that was the trend, the, the idea of Cougars at the time was like kind of a trend in popular culture. <laughs> But I think it very quickly just turned into a sitcom about a woman and her friends. Hmm. Because I tuned into that show and I was hoping it would just be like some sort of a farcical sitcom about cougars living in the town. Yeah, sure. That would be very funny if there was also like cats stalking them yeah. the whole time. Like it was about Courtney Coxartet and her friends and it's just like a normal sitcom, but they were also constantly being chased and stalked by cats and every like Game of Thrones, like a main character would die, like be dragged down by a puma. And a lot of it is like them trying to petition the council to do something about the cats. Like, please kill these cats. We can't handle it. We're being cut down in the street. But, you know, the, the city council is just incompetent, aren't they? They're only just about, you know, property prices. Sort of maybe it's the whole thing is about the council is trying to lower the price of, like, real estate in the area so they can buy it all up once they get rid of the pumas and redevelop it. Yes, yes. And the show would have been a satire on bureaucracy. Yeah. Therefore, more memorable. I think so. And there's a real slice of like um, American corruption that mm. you don't really get to see in sitcoms that often. Not at all. Yeah. Except for that one episode of Different Strokes. Although I think that was an example of corruption. Okay. When Nancy Reagan got on and she was talking about how bad drugs are bad. And then they had Gary Coleman come up and hug her. And did he he died of a drug overdose, didn't he, later? Am I thinking of someone else? Didn't he trip? Didn't he have, like, a really bad brain injury or something? Like, I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, let's not speculate. Let's speculate. Okay. Let's disrespect the dead. I heard, he, I heard he tripped. Yep. Well, Reagan tripped, too. Is that how he died, too? Yeah, he tripped. He, was, the... just, he was just about to say AIDS was a prob is a problem. Was that after the Alzheimer's or before? Is that what caused it? The fall, the trip caused it? Or the, is that a trip like sort of the last sort of... He definitely died because of the trip. I think it was... He after... watched um, Coogan and Rob Brydon's film, The Trip. Yeah. And he laughed so hard he fell over. Yeah. Yeah. This was post-Alzheimer's. His brain was getting... He loved the impressions, like the Pacino. He was just about to say, the AIDS epidemic's a problem. But then, boom, he tripped. Oh, no. So, you know. Well, think of the lives that could have been saved if he hadn't have fallen. <sighs> if a king hadn't fallen. Yeah. 
Sorry, I'm just reflecting upon yes. the severity of what you said. <laughs> Angus, top five things, go. Um, oxygen. Yes. Water. Sleep. Sleep? Carbohydrates. Sleep? Okay, let's go back here for a second. Sleep? It's one of my top five things. <sighs> Fine. Uh, what was your next one? Carbohydrate? Carbohydrates yep. and fats. Angus Gordon, thank you for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. What what have you learnt on your comedy journey? Humility. Hugh. Humil? Humil T? Who is that? Um, it was this guy that's uh he sort of mugs me off, pranks me a lot, calls me a lot of humiliation. And so I've uh. learned about him. And from that, I've become a less arrogant man. Okay. Because of humility. 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 Okay. Humility. Yeah. Okay. All right. What have you learned on this podcast? I've learned that the best way to get comedy out of a stone is to treat it with indifference. And then let, let it come to you. Thank you. That's also how I date. Let him come to you. Yeah, I let him come to me. Yeah. I treat him badly. I try to put a leash on them. Treat him mean, keep him keen. Well, it's more like treat them mean, get, keep them away from me, because no one likes being treated meanly, Angus. So, I mean, I think that's the opposite of what we learned on this podcast. Like, I came in just like, it'd be, it'd be pretty fun. And then you were like, you know, and then I was like, wow, this is the best podcast I've ever been on. So I don't know. I enjoyed it. So what you're saying, Angus, is, is that but you... But that's another example of you treating me mean by disagreeing. Right. So you think it's the Stockholm Syndrome you got right now? Maybe not full Stockholm Syndrome. Maybe like Berlin Syndrome. Like, well, not quite that far north yet, but we're on the way. Okay, that's good to know. That's the whole point of this podcast. I get comedians who are doing much better than me. I give them advice. Um, what else do I do? You talk about Joe Rogan. Um, Way too much. A lot, quite a lot. Way too much. It just comes up. It just comes up, man. What, what am I meant to do? Would you be a guest on the Joe Rogan experience? Yeah, of course. Would you go hunting with him? I wouldn't go that far. You wouldn't go hunting, but you'd be on the show. I'll be on the show because, you know. But you don't think hunting with him would lead to more appearances, like come part of his inner circle? Hmm. Well. Like just from a purely like sort of like a cynical, just like pragmatic angle. If you start hanging out with him, doing stuff with him, he's like, this is my my mate, Ross Purdy. You're like the new guy, new, new part of the crew. That's always on. As opposed to just being like a one-off guest. Sure. Okay. Well, I'm more interested in destroying him than befriending him. Maybe, but don't you think but, like, if you really get in on the inside, you could really bring him down? Right. That whole, uh, you know, yeah. keep your enemies close. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's something to think about. Yeah. Oh, Angus, do you have anything to plug? Uh, just um, my social media stuff. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. What, 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 are, what are you on Twitter and Instagram? On Twitter, I'm at AngusGordon9. And on Instagram and Facebook, um, RealAngusGordon, at RealAngusGordon. And I'm on uh, Medium as well. Yeah, Medium? Yeah, for the blogs. Wow, that's crazy. Blogs. Blogs, yeah. It's nuts. It's like it's 2007 again. Thank God, right? Yeah.
I'm going to slide on here and I'm going to say that you can follow me on Twitter at Destroy Comedy and Instagram at Ross Purdy Will Destroy Comedy. Like me on Facebook. Uh, like my YouTube channel. I'm always getting some videos up there now. I like how your uh, social media handles, like one is like destroy, destroy comedy. Like you're saying it's like an order. And then the next one's will destroy comedy. It's like a promise. I like that. Well, Twitter, you kind of got to be forceful, but Instagram, you know, you got to lure them in with some, uh, some honey, you know? Yeah. No, I, you know, you're, you got to make, you got to, you got to make the promises. Like I yeah. will do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Before you on Twitter, you're kind of asking other people to destroy comedy. You're just saying destroy comedy. Like we have to. And then on Instagram, it's more like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. It's more like, I'll do it. It's kind yeah. of yeah. like the Twitter is more snarky and Instagram is more like entrepreneurial. You know what I mean? You've got yes. to have, like more get up and go. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Also, I got some shirts. I've got some shirts to sell. I'm well, wearing a shirt right you're wearing now. wearing one right now. Ross Perry Destroys Comedy shirt. It's it's got an image of um. Is that you? Like you? It's a caricature of me on top of a sort of uh, a bomb. But you're falling, but also you're not falling because you have like a jets coming out of what would be your legs. Like, so you're actually kind of going up with the bomb. Well, comedy is like all the way up, you know. Okay, so you is comedy the bomb. That or is comedy di- so? Yeah, comedy's in the sky. Comedy's in the sky. And this bomb taking... is what I'm destroying comedy with. They were going to use that bomb to destroy, like maybe like a city. And you're like, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, thank you. I'm going to destroy comedy with it. Yeah. So you used your jet legs, like Astro Boy, to fly it up into the sky to destroy it. Yes, I, thank you. Will you be destroyed as along with comedy, or will you live post the death? Like, are you like a sort of Christ figure? Like you embody, like, you know, Christ embodies love and he dies, but he doesn't die along with love. Do you, he, are you going to die so that comedy also will die? Yep, I have to. Like we said with the decapitation, like embalming whole thing. I have to. That's the plan. Well, we've worked it out. It's fucking sick. Full circle. Yeah. Eddie Murphy. Buy yeah. the shirts. Go on Facebook. Message me. Catch him in one of his coma gigs. Yeah. Yeah. His gonna brain go. really swells up. <laughs> going to go in a coma after this. Yeah. Angus Gordon, what should my sign-out phrase be? Um, just it should be like your the life support signal, like, like um, you know, like just the heart, the rhythm of your heart yeah. slowly going away yeah. as you like are induced into a coma and then die. So maybe just like my sign-out phrase is the sounds of my heart heartbeat going slow. Thank you, Angus Gordon, for destroying comedy. Thank you, Ross Purdy, for assisting me. Ross Purdy does destroy comedy!